lean into the fear of what excites you most. Because the things that excite you most will also scare you the most. And you want your goals big, hairy, and audacious. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome everybody to your Badass Journey podcast. Today's guest is Scott Aaron. Scott is an internationally acclaimed and award-winning network marketer, business coach, best-selling author, and speaker. And recently, he has embarked on productizing how he leveraged converting traffic on LinkedIn into programs to help others like him who just wanted to extend their reach and really create solid business relationships, solid clients, and an authentic way of marketing on a platform that actually speaks to the avatar that he chooses to attract. So I know you're going to benefit from that part of his story, but truly hearing his journey on how he got here is really where I believe he is the most relatable person that you can meet. Because he not only walks the talk as he went through his own struggle and has come into finding lucrative businesses and building you know, the income that he desired, he also did the work to attract in the right relationships in his personal life and really take control of what he wants to lead with as he continues to build his businesses. So I know you're going to enjoy this conversation today. And as always, I would love for you to share it with someone that you think could benefit from the conversation and tag us in that share. We'd love to hear from you. And if you post your comments or reach out to us, if you have any questions, we're here to support you on your journey and know that conversations like this are something to create a new thought or method in helping you connect with others along the way. Now let's jump into the episode. Welcome everybody to your Badass Journey podcast. Today I have an extra special guest for you. He's extra special because he is so heart-centered and so service-oriented that I'm just super excited to share just a small, what, probably 30, 40 minutes with you about him. But after you hear what he has to share with you, I know you're going to want to connect. Welcome, Scott Aaron. Kareem, thank you so much. And again, I feel the same way about you. And you know, the saying goes, like will always attract like. And even from our first conversation uh, about three months ago, I mean, we, we were just blabbing to each other on the phone like we had known each other for years. And that's just... When you put two heart-centered people uh, either on a phone or in the same room, it's, uh, it's kind of hard not to feel that vibe between those two people. So I'm just grateful to be here and thankful for the opportunity. Oh my gosh. So great to share you with everyone. And um, what I love to do to kick off this show is for you to share your badass journey to date. And you can go as far back as you want to what got you to where you are today and share as much color because I believe 
stories need to be told by the individual themselves. So let's hear about your badass journey. Perfect. And it's interesting because, you know, when I was filling out your form and you, you start to reflect upon your story, you don't realize how much of a badass you are because when people say, oh, I'm such a badass, the, the, the egotistical side of people are saying, no, 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 don't say that. You're not a badass. But no, I am a badass. You know, for, and I, I say that with no ego, with love, with honor and respect because I love sharing my story because what I have found now, because I'm sharing my story so often and so openly and so vulnerably is because there are so many people in life that feel that they're all alone. They're by themselves. They're traveling down this road where, quote unquote, no one understands me. No one gets me. No one's been through what I've been through. So I'm going to share everything that I've been through. And I am sure the five or six things that I'm going to highlight that I've been through, you've been through one of those six, maybe two, maybe all of them. But I'm here to tell you that my story is no different than yours. I'm just here to tell it. So if I'm going all the way back, uh, I was born into a traditional uh, Jewish household, which means you have an overbearing mother. Uh, she, she still is. I still, to this day, have to send her all of my flight itinerary and text her as soon as I land to make sure that I am safe and I will be 40 next week. So just to kind of explain yeah. that right there. <laughs> I love um, it because just to interject because it's not just Jewish moms, but keep going. <laughs> mothers in general. Yeah. Um, so so again, my, my mom was was very overbearing and and I think because of my independence and my assertiveness now, uh, it's hard for her at times because I am so independent and I am so positive in who I am now because a lot of the time I wasn't. So I was that kid that that got bullied and picked on unintentionally because I was never able to stand up for myself. I I always kind of just took the brunt of it. And if it got a laugh out of people, then that was the role that I adapted to. So I would always go to my parents to fight my battles for me. And this th- this was like my whole life. I re- even remember being, and I am going to preface this, I am not proud of this. I remember being a freshman at the University of Pittsburgh and I had a sociology final. And I woke up and I was like, shit, I don't know where to go for my final. So a normal human being would like look through their syllabus or call the school directory. What do I do? I call my mom. Back in Philadelphia, 430 miles away to tell her that I didn't know where to go. So just like, this is where I was. So she ended up calling the school finding out where my final was and then called me back to tell me where to go and I got there. But that, so that was, it was so deeply ingrained. So if what happened to me when I was 18 and a half going on 19 didn't happen, I would have gone down this path of continuing to, you know, be very, very unassertive, uh, codependent, all of those things and let people walk all over me. And again, a, a lot of relationships that happened that way as well. I was afraid of confrontation. So one of the most transcending moments in my life was I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur. My great-grandfather fled Eastern Europe uh, in the 1920s and and came to to Philadelphia. He was a butcher in South Philadelphia. My great-grandfather followed suit. He he was was the first pharmacist in my family. 
Uh, he opened up his own pharmacy and what was for 55 years. My father originally was a pharmacist and had his own pharmacy, but then got into uh, industrial entrepreneurship. And now me uh, doing social media entrepreneurship. So you can see in the last 100 years from 1920 to 2019 going, my family's gone from being a butcher to a social media coach. So a lot of things have changed over the last 100 years. So entrepreneurship was born into me, but it was forced onto me at the same time. So my father had left the industrial uh, entrepreneurship industry to get into physical rehabilitation. And he had partnered with someone that he didn't realize had a bit of a criminal background and was still going down that road. And my father then was in a very, very messy situation with the federal government in a $9.5 million insurance fraud lawsuit. In the end, my father was sentenced to two and a half years in federal prison when I was 18 going on 19 years old. And prior to this, I think my father unconsciously, inevitably knew what the outcome was going to be. So he left that company. Obviously, he had to because it got shut down. And with the help of my two grandfathers, uh, opened our first health club in downtown Philadelphia in Old City called Old City Ironworks. It was a failing gym that my dad took over. And basically, the keys were turned to me when my father went to prison. And he said, listen, you're the man of the house now. So I became the man of my family's household for my mother and my sister as a teenager. And I had no entrepreneurship skills. I had no business skills, nothing. All I knew was just working uh, at a golf course and a beer distributor. I didn't really have the leadership qualities and skills. I was always personable. I was always outgoing. I was always a happy person. And in a service-based business like the, the fitness industry, I was a perfect fit for that. So I wasn't always into fitness, but I fell in love with it. And to just kind of speed up the story just a little bit, this made me grow up really fast. But it also, there's a saying that you know, you're dealt hands in life and you can either hold them or you can fold them. And I haven't folded a hand yet. I've always been dealt hands that, that some people say, oh, just fold that, throw that, throw those cards back. I always make lemonade out of lemons. I always find a way to do that. Now, it may, it may take a long time to get there. And certain things in my life took a long time to get there. So the gym progressed. Uh, I uh, 4X'd the membership from 300 to about almost 1,200. My father comes back. We're working together again. One gym turns into two gyms. 2003, we're presented with the opportunity from uh, another family to buy both health clubs for a million dollars, which we take. We just train people for a year in this club, not owning anything. And then my dad got the bug again to open up a third and final gym, which we did in 2004 into 2005. And with bad family investments and bad advice that my father had gotten, and because I was the only one with credit to my name, since my mom and dad didn't have any from his prior situation, everything was put into my name. Some things I knew about, most I did not. And in around 2006, 2007, I found myself $1.5 million in liability debt. So again, another hand was given to me. That inevitably ended my first marriage. My, my first wife, uh, and I don't fault her for this, uh, she didn't trust me, my father, or the situation what I was in. And, and, and every woman that's listening to this the one thing that you want in your man is to feel safe. 
and she didn't feel safe. So I don't blame her, but I learned a lot from that. So again, I had to pick up the pieces and move on. The gym became successful again. We pushed forward. I knocked down my liability debt. And six years later, 2013, I started on a personal growth journey through the means of network marketing, where I started to learn the the trade and the tips and the know-how of growing residual income, but also inspiring people in a different way other than just training people one-on-one. So when I caught this bug, I started reading books, I started listening to podcasts, I started journaling, I started meditating. And I mean, people hear that and they're like, oh, that sounds kind of airy-fairy. And you know, for, to me, it, it did. As, as a grown man, like, I'm like, I'm meditating now? Uh, but it, it's actually... Uh, I got back to the roots of, of, of being a kid again, being a child. And, you know, I have a six-and-a-half-year-old six son, and he teaches me so much about you know, pushing yourself forward and asking questions and trying new things and, and constantly learning all the time. And as adults, we stop learning. We get into a rhythm and basically we put life on pause and it's Groundhog's Day. And I found myself in this, in this routine that I was getting really, really sick of. So as I progressed, uh, I, I started to create this residual income and I was able to start cutting back on my personal training. And in 2015, I was now at the end of my second marriage, which um, to no one's fault, it just it was one of those things where it wasn't the right fit for a lifetime together, but it was a right fit for creating a beautiful child, which we did. And that is where I am today. But I also uncovered some other financial disarray. And the last piece of the puzzle where I basically asked my father to leave the gym and never come back, and we didn't speak for about a year and a half, is because I found out, number one, my house that I owned as a rental property was being used as collateral for the equipment. So when I sold it, the bank took all the profits of the sale of that house except me. And number two, I found out that I was a personal guarantor on the lease of my gym, which for people that don't understand what a personal guarantor is, with a business entity to protect the landlord, there's a personal guarantor. So if the the business goes under, whatever is left owed to the lease of that gym, whether it's going to continue or not, it gets put on a specific individual, which was me. So I found myself in $400,000 of uh, being a personal guarantor of debt from the lease of this gym. So my second marriage ended. I was picking up the pieces from there. I, I didn't speak to my father for a year and a half. And, and at, at the beginning of 2016, him and I, we reconnected. I, I told him that I forgave him for anything that's ever been done because you know you can't live with 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 hatred. You can't live with resentment. You can't live with anger. And I forgave him. And we've since mended the relationship. We're back to father and son again, which is the way that it always should have been. Some, some families can work together. Some families can't. But in 2016, I was faced with my, my final hand that was dealt to me. So just to reiterate, you know, I had been through getting bullied and picked on, my father being in prison, two failed marriages. And this was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back that was going to enable me to skyrocket forward. And my, I was sitting with my attorney. The gym at this point was losing about $3,000 a month. The building was falling apart. The landlords had no money to fix the building. 
And my, my attorney said, listen, you have two choices. You can ride this wave and see what happens and eventually have to close the gym and assume the debt, do whatever you need to do, or you file for personal bankruptcy. And when people hear that, they're like, oh my God, your life must be ending. And it was the opposite. When I heard that, I heard, oh, I'm going to be free. Because what people have to understand, 18, of my, of 18 years of my life was predetermined for me. I had no choice. So he said to me, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being slam dunk, you should do this. You're a 9.5. So on July 1st of 2016, I officially filed for personal bankruptcy. And on July 31st of 2016, I closed the doors to my gym, my final gym, and retired from personal training for good because about four months prior to that, while I was in the, in the, in the midst of building my network marketing business, I had stumbled upon LinkedIn where I was looking to prospect more people, bring more people onto my team, connect with more people. And I uncovered something which inevitably became a licensed and trademark system where I teach other entrepreneurs, coaches, business owners, real estate agents, people in finance, network marketers, that also inevitably led to writing a number one best-selling book on Amazon. And it's hard to explain to people how I felt on August 1st of 2016, the first morning waking up knowing that I didn't have to drive to that gym anymore, but it felt freeing. I felt so grateful that I had the means of having two flourishing businesses where I wasn't finding myself in financial disarray, but also I was finding myself in, in this, this financial point in my life where my mindset was so prosperous that I really knew that I could achieve anything I wanted to. And at that point, I knew that I just had to continue to invest in myself, to invest in my mindset, and I haven't stopped since. And, and three years later, I have everything that I have. I know everything that I know. And I'm learning everything that I need to learn. And, and that's where I am in a nutshell from 1998 <laughs> up until 2019. I love it. I mean, you see, you see why I had to bring Scott on to the show. So <laughs> we went through... You have so many... And, and thank you for just really sharing the transitional details because... You know, so much of a, so many times I know of people that I've worked with and coached with where they get stuck at that transition point and then don't know how to act. Or that story is what they consistently lean into that stops them from jumping into the what's next. And there's so much value in all that you shared that I, I just have to recap on a few things so that we can. We can dig in a little deeper on the methods that you leveraged, but also, you know, help our listeners who might be feeling stuck right now or might be stuck in someone else's story, especially Mm. when you're in a family business to start out with and you have the emotional connection and the desire to make things work and not to disappoint and or not to even be angry. Like, I know that that I've dealt with um, family businesses before and, and helped them navigate certain things where when, when they cannot separate the emotional, relational connection from the business transactions, right? Like the, yeah. the method of how you actually need to do business to succeed. And so I'm curious, when you were in those pivotal moments, first you inherited this business without really you know, wanting 
that wasn't no, nothing to do with it. Yeah, nothing to do with it. Plus, you had to deal with the emotional impact at the age of eighteen that your father was in jail, like for white collar crime, mm-hmm. right? And and being able to like reconcile that, and then continue to run the household, run the finances at an age where you're still really forming who you are. I mean, we're consistently forming that, but. Yeah. What would you give as advice to someone listening that could be in a similar situation of feeling stuck because of something maybe they inherited that they're running or they're not necessarily sure this is right for them or and, and to kind of start the navigation of of moving through it in a way that actually represents who they are. Well, first of all, it's a great question and there's a couple things that I always suggest. I highly highly encourage and invest and believe in therapy. And, uh, you know, I've been in and out of, of therapy uh, probably for the last 12 years. And it's, it's been so beneficial to me because people hear therapy and, and they say, wow, you know, they, 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 must, be, they must be fucked up. <laughs> and, and in all honesty, the people that are having the most issues and the most trauma and the most setbacks are the ones that aren't going to therapy. Yeah. And when I was going to therapy, you know, it's a it's an impartial party that forces you to turn the mirror around on yourself and says, listen, stop pointing the fingers, stop playing the blame game. If you want something to change, you have to start making some decisions. And everyone is faced faced with really hard decisions. Really hard decisions. Like life is, life is not cookie cutter. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. And you know, obviously, I wish it was, but a part of me doesn't wish it was. I I enjoy the ups and downs of life because lessons are are the one are the things that teach you how to continue to move forward. You know, I I look at the progression of a child. As, as one of the best examples, when, when a baby is born, you're waiting for all these things to, to, to happen. Uh, the baby's first smile, the baby's first giggle, you know, when they roll over for the first time, when uh, they start crawling, when they start picking themselves up and they start cruising around, they start walking, they start running, all of those things. There's, there's a progression of life. And then at some point, it, it stops. And, and what I've realized is that it is so beyond important. It is so beyond important for people to understand that no matter how old you are, you have to progress in life. If you're, you're not a tree, you hear this quote all the time, you're not a tree, just move. So if you're listening to this and if you've been in that situation where you've inherited a business that you didn't want, it's okay not to want it. You know, nothing is forced on you. You, you don't choose, You can't choose your family. You're, you're, you're born into a family and that doesn't mean you, dis, you should disown your family. But if you have a burning desire, if you have something that is really pulling at you, where you want more out of life, you need to dig into that because you hear the quote all the time, you do not want to tiptoe through life and arrive at your grave safely. Because one of the, one of the worst things to do is to go out of, you know, to, to, to leave this earth plane with a lot of what ifs. What if I did this? What you want to turn over every stone that you can to find out what's there. Yeah. So, my simple advice is to one, 
go to therapy to dig into your problems because you can break any emotional or spiritual habit that's embedded in you from day one. You can move past that. You don't have to carry around that luggage with you. And number two, most importantly, lean into the fear of what excites you most because the things that excite you most will also scare you the most. And you want your goals big, hairy, and audacious because the bigger that the goals are, the more you're going to push yourself to grow and learn exactly how to become the best version of yourself, not for those around you, but for the person that looks back at you in the mirror each and every day. Yeah. And I love that because it's um, I've leaned into therapy myself many years through the, the different traumatic events that I had growing up. And it, it also taught me a new language with myself first to then figure out how do I verbalize it to anybody in my life. You know, for me, it was easier to start with the non-family members to try and realize new boundaries and how to communicate them and how to how to set them up. But I also realized as I was going through different relationships and seeing the significance of the dysfunction showing up because you also mentioned you had you know failed marriages and different relationships now you're in an amazing one and you guys are growing together like there is a learning curve of how we choose to communicate what we, we what we truly desire and then also what we stand for and 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 what we what we want to receive in order to show up for other people and that's the evolution that I think is worthwhile when you're feeling a little stuck yeah. Is yes, getting that support team, getting that the therapist is great because it is that third party to to help unleash what's really going on, help you dissect it, reframe it, figure out how you want to bring it back, what you want to carry. And then you also talked about Scott, like you know, you started going into more of your own personal development, and really when you when you joined the network marketing company and you were exposed to all this development. What were some of the pivotal moments in that development for yourself and your mindset that now helped you when when this LinkedIn opportunity came clear, right? Is I am I'm assuming, and this is why I want to ask, is that there was a moment of clarity within yourself because of the next level of self-development after therapy, you got exposed to different coaches, different trainers, different yes. modalities, right? So what were what were the things that were happening there that helped you be more open to to the next opportunity but then also take it to that grandiose level and really challenge yourself. Well, it's two parts. Part part 1 is living in a world of of creation and not in a world of competition and comparison. And you know, I I took that from the book The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. It was it's like my Bible. It's something that I live by. And when I when I read this, it just made sense to me that the the more that you can create, the more that you can do, and the more opportunities you're going to have. And I felt like when I was building my network marketing business, I was putting all my eggs into one basket. I was really compartmentalizing all of my talents, all of my skills, all of my passions. And I really felt that I was doing a disservice to the world because I was only serving my team. Now that fulfilled me, but I said to myself, there has to be, and I've always wanted to serve more people. So you have to understand the growth of me is that when I was a personal trainer, I was serving my one-on-one clients. And, And in my heart, I'm like, how do I serve even more people? So I joined network marketing. So when I joined network marketing, now I can work with people virtually all over the world. But 
I could work with people all over the world, but I was only able to work with those that, that joined my journey. So again, I felt like I was playing small and I was like, how do I go even bigger? And I'm like, so when, when LinkedIn came about, I was like, wow. So if I can put some structure around this and I can really dig into this and create a way where this solves a problem. So some of the greatest inventors, some of the greatest creators, some of the greatest business owners are those that figure out a solution to a problem. That's how, that's how Elon Musk got to where he is. That's how you got to where you are. And it's how I'm getting to where I am. I saw a gap in social media communication. I saw too many people posting and praying, scrolling and trolling, getting in lost in the ego side of, I have to make sure this filter is perfect. I have to make sure this light. And it's so funny. My fiance always says to me, you know, are you going to like take a shower before you go on a podcast or an interview? I'm like, no, what? Like, I'm, I'm going to show up as me. And I had a, a presentation for a real estate firm and I wore like this nice, like green hoodie, sweater, jeans, and my brown shoes. And I came back and she goes, you didn't wear a suit? I said, why would I wear a suit? That's, that's not me. If I have to wear a suit to a wedding, I'll wear a suit to a wedding. But I always show up confidently as me. So I said to myself, how can I show up in this world to really present myself in a way where um, I'm solving a problem to a lot of people's problems and provide that solution? And that's what I found with LinkedIn where I had this way of, of now helping other people really start to understand that there is another way to build this business. And, and Kareen, it, it obviously went in a direction and went a place where I did not expect it to. I, I never thought that I would be working with real estate firms. I never thought that I would be working with insurance brokerages. I never thought that I would be working with financial institutions. I never thought I would have a best-selling book. But this was my way. This was my outlet to take my reach and to take my way of helping more people to a whole other level. So with personal development, you start to tap into this, this internal desire. And, and you know we all have these passions. And I'm going to go back to being a kid. When you ask a child what they want to be when they grow up, like right now, my, my son wants to be a veterinarian. That's what he wants to be. He loves animals. That's what he wants to be. And he's saying that at six years old. And you know, there's a lot of people that don't know what they want to do with their lives. So when I started getting into personal development, so you have to understand, childhood personal development is the same thing. As a child, you're supposed to ask questions. So you ask your parents questions. You're reading books. You're learning vocabulary. They're doing personal development, but it's just in the elementary way of doing it. This is adult the adult way of doing personal development. So once I started tapping into those resources, I started having expansive thoughts. I started having expansive beliefs. And once you have unshakable belief in yourself, what you're passionate about and the path that you're on, nothing will derail you from achieving what you want to achieve. Yeah, I love that. And it's something that I also have found much success with, but in my coaching practice, make sure that people come aware of is you know innovation and creation requires action to be, to come into fruition 
right? And so we are, like you said before, it's, it, you don't want to head towards your grave with regret. And you don't want to feel as though, oh, I live this smaller life or I shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? Like that yeah. is just not a language that lives in somebody's mind when they do the work to grow themselves in order to grow all the other arenas of their world. You I mean, know? just w- one thing, if you ask any elder, if, if, you, if you have a matriarch in your family, you know, my grandmother is going to be 92, my grandfather's 91, you, you speak to them now about their life, they will tell you what their regrets were that they wish they would have did in life that they don't want you to miss out on. Because everyone has things that they... Everyone waits for a certain time of their life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for the perfect time to go to Europe and travel around. I'm going to wait to do this. I'm going to wait to do that. Life doesn't wait for you. You have to create it yourself. And that's what I've learned most. I love that. And it's so true. And it shows up in all that you do. And especially with the service of, you know, like I said in the beginning, your heart of service, because you see how much that is of value. It has that ripple effect with everybody else as you continue to grow. So tell everybody a little bit about the you know, LinkedIn business or platform you've created um, of one of, because I know you have many modalities you're going after, right? <laughs> right. Like that's yeah. the, the growth path you're on. But truly right now, what you're in the middle of, you launched this amazing best-selling book. Thank you. And now you're attracting so many different industries to leverage your um, methods. So let's tell folks a little bit about those methods. So the, the methods are based around something that can't be uh, automated. It, 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 just, it just can't be automated. And the fact is, is that everyone is looking for uh, a way to do this kind of funnel and this kind of drip campaign and this kind of uh, way connecting with people. And what I found was there, there was being such a disconnect between you know, B2B and B2C. And I wasn't finding the success that I wanted, was wanting to have on Facebook and Instagram. And I, I really wanted to have more of a lasting impact on people. And that's why I went to LinkedIn. And I found this platform that had the right kind of demographic. And I know how much you love LinkedIn too. We've had a whole discussion about it. You know, you're allowed 30,000 connections. The average income is $100,000 a year or more of someone on there. The age demographic is 30 to 55, which is people that are established and they're looking to connect. And what I developed initially for network marketers, I I realized that anyone that has a business, whether it's a coaching practice, whether it's an online business, whether it's a brick and mortar that requires people, this platform of LinkedIn can be used for any and all of them. Because with the, the click of a button, you can search for people that are your business avatar by city, by state, by country, by job title, past or present by, by company that they work for. And it's just been such an amazing way that it, it's grown on itself. It, it, it's, I started with network marketing and then I had people start to reach out to me will say, Hey, I do this. Could you show me how to use it this way? And I'm like, sure, I could do that. So did I know initially? No, but I figured it out. So I have this four this four-layer cake effect of how to use LinkedIn. And I can take those four layers and I can apply it to any business model out there where if they follow the recipe and they do to do, they will get the results that they're looking for. So it started with a coaching program. 
and then it went to virtual coaching, and then it went to an academy. And I'm in the midst of, of building out a growth agency where I can have a team of people helping multiple people at once. And then obviously finishing up with the book, the LinkedIn book for network marketing, which did go bestseller. And the great thing about the book is that people think it's just for network marketing. Just cover the word network. Yeah. It's, it's really the LinkedIn book for marketing. So anyone that's looking to market themselves, their, their business, their brand on LinkedIn, this book will teach you how. You know, it's, uh, what I love about LinkedIn, what I like to say about LinkedIn is that it's where doers go to connect. Right? We always say like... Because we are always in action and wanting to build our business, wanting to connect, wanting to grow our career. You know, And LinkedIn started as that, that career development place right? so that hiring managers could find you. You could go look for jobs. And it still has all those fundamentals. But when you are in the B2B and you're trying to look for your new next client or you're looking for the next influencer to want to connect with and co-brand on something even, or figure out ways to create an event and have special speakers, whatever that looks like, what LinkedIn is all about is truly the professionalism of how you represent yourself but you want you you're on there because you want to connect and i love that you're giving people tools on how best to leverage that in an authentic way what i cannot stand that happens to me on linkedin often now is i get those canned messages oh god that, so like, the, the, the drive logs oh it's so horrible scott and i know that's not i want to make sure people understand that's not what you're educating and folks no. on at all it is not one of those like growth hacking methods. It is true, authentic learning on how to connect in a platform that has the, the value of, of branding yourself properly in order to make the right connections to help grow your business, help grow your career, etc. So for those of you who are not on LinkedIn, not sure how to get started, want to understand best practices, I definitely connect with Scott because he'll he has a whole plethora of information on his site and I'll make sure that's in the the show notes. But it's really like it's really something to to look into and take advantage of in order to help you get to that next level. And you guys know as my listeners, I'm always about up leveling. I'm always about helping you find the right tools, methods and guides guidance you know, from the people I bring onto the show. And so I, I really uh, appreciate you sharing. And I love that this is part of your journey, Scott. And I know that's not all that you're about. So tell me a little bit about the what's next and what are you looking to you know, take um, yourself to that next level as you build this business and have it running itself and be the, the, the brand voice on it. But really, what, it, what are your goals and how can our listeners best connect with you? Yeah. So, so what's next is uh, I've recently launched an affiliate program for uh, my, my previous clients because I, I get referrals all the time. And I'm always a big believer in that you have to continue the circulation of money. Um, it shouldn't just stop with me. So I always want to keep the circulation of money going around. So if a client is going to invest with me, either in my virtual coaching or my one-on-one coaching, I want to give them the ability to sign up as an affiliate of my coaching program where if they connect with someone that wants to learn what they're doing, they basically can send them their link. 
they still get access to me virtually, but 30% of that purchase goes into my client's pocket. So I always want to continue that going around. That's number one. Number two is my growth agency. So I realize that there's a lot of people that are very, very high-profile business owners and entrepreneurs that don't have the time to build out what I've built out and be on LinkedIn all the time. So I'm in the process of building out a structure where I'm going to have a team where I could onboard high-profile clients only a few at a time where I, my team and myself actually manages their LinkedIn as I were them in an organic and in an intentional way to help build their business where I just schedule calls into their calendar, they show up, they close some deals, and they're earning income from that. Uh, and the third thing is speaking. My, my, my ultimate goal, my huge, audacious, hairy goal is to eventually a year from now have at least one keynote speech booked per month. I flourish in a group atmosphere. I love doing Zooms. I love doing trainings. But where I flourish most is being in a big arena where there's a lot of people where I can feel the energy, where people can feel me. So my goal is to make the connections required and necessary, whether it's through a client or through a friend or through an introduction where I'm going to have the opportunity to spread my good word, my passion, my belief to as many people as possible. I love that. I love that. And I'm sure it's going to happen because everything you put your mind to, you it comes to fruition, my Absolutely. friend. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you having, having you on the show and also sharing just a small portion of yourself. I'm sure we'll have to have like a part two discussion um, to, to dive in a little deeper on other, on other topics as well because there's so much that you bring to the world. And I'm just really, really happy that you're stepping into your zone of genius, sharing it with all of us and, and really building you know, and designing the life that, that is meant for you. And so you know, thank you for being with me today. Well, thank you for being the amazing human being you are. And you know, what, this is why I love life so much is that you and I would have never connected if I hadn't said yes to network marketing. Because, because if I didn't say yes to network marketing, I would have never connected with Chris Harder, which means you would have never connected with him. I would have never connected with him. And we wouldn't have said yes to the same mastermind that we're in right now. So everything happens on purpose. Nothing happens by accident. That's right. And if you're in action towards what it is that you truly want, the right people show up in your life that help you even take it so much further. The way I like to close out my show, Scott, is to ask my amazing guest, what is your definition of a badass? My definition of a badass is someone that lives their life with authenticity, intention, and is absolutely 100% unapologetic for who they are, what they stand for, and what they're looking to achieve. That is what a badass is to me. I love it. Thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you, my friend. Grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe 
everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening. 